Hello and welcome to Sam Green Race Engineering. I'm Sean Smith. He's Sam Green. Hello, yes I am. And uh, we've actually got a guest, Sam, haven't we? We certainly have. We certainly have. Um, from coming all the way from the frozen wastelands of the north, or at least above the M3, um, we have uh, Alex Jones. Say hello, Alex. Hi, guys. Alex, yeah, um, you know us from uh, another one of our uni colleagues. As uh, basically, I think everyone who's been on the podcast at any point in Devil's Most history has uh, always been. No, Jack, Jack hasn't been. Oh yeah, Jack no, I was, yeah, fair point. Yeah. yeah, Jack and yeah, Jack, Jack and Jack and Jack because Jack's that yeah. special guy. Uh, hello, Jack, if you're listening. Um, yeah, more or less everyone has been on there. But uh, Alex, you are actually a racing driver who does racing. You also do YouTube, which is the, a, a weird, strange world, which I don't understand. Um, apparently, you put videos on there, which are just, again, far, oh, com- your mind, complete, completely foreign. <laughs> um, so, Alex, tell us a bit about yourself. So, yeah. So, I've been racing for a good number of years now and did some karting when I was younger. And at the moment, I'm currently racing in the Mazda MX-5 Super Cup. Nice. How long have you been doing that for now? So, officially, this year was my third season, but it was my first real attempt at trying to go for a good solid championship place mm-hmm. uh, so you've basically spent certainly since we've known you, you've been in the uh, what we might call the national circuit um, in terms of basically British tracks club, sort of quote unquote club level events racing against yeah. people in pretty equal machinery quote unquote um Yes, I'm going from there. So today we're going to be talking about yourself, talking about the experiences of the club level championships and um, basically trying to get some insight for the people, which is going to be very good. Sam, obviously you've uh, coached the younglings who more well, quite often might be heading into these uh, levels as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got um, just sort of a, a brief sort of recap of kind of what I do at, at Rye House where I'm coaching a lot of those uh, younger drivers um, who, yeah, I've had drivers who have gone on to race in 750 Motor Club in various disciplines and BRSCC, Formula 4, Minis. Um, yeah, we've actually got one driver now who's British touring car driver, proper. Um, but uh, yeah, really showing off. And of course, the odd F1 world champion as well started at Rye House. Um but uh, yeah, there's uh, a few of the British guys and and uh, and Alex Albon, who is technically a British guy. I would I would still argue um, started at Rye, so it's a yeah, it's a good starting point. Um, and I think casting generally um, is where a lot of those guys will be starting out from in various levels as as. You'll attest to, I know, Alex, you did a um, sort of some corporate hire carts and the racing in those. Um, and that's a good place to, to start, really, to get your first uh, taste of actual competitive racing. Yeah, that definitely is the case. Um, and then what we've seen quite often is uh, drivers will do a few... Uh, maybe a couple of these seasons in the higher carts. Um, and then they might move forward into sort of more owner-driver stuff, um, which obviously is there's a bit more to it because the carts are not only quicker, they're also quite a lot more expensive. Um, but also you have to kind of look after it yourself or organise that side of it yourself. So a lot of drivers will run with a team or they might have a specific mechanic that helps them out. Um, but there's... but the, the onus is kind of more on you to drive the car. And then it does become a bit more of a money game as well at that point, to be totally honest. Now, before the podcast, uh, you shared with us, um, uh, says, so, and you gave us an idea of the uh, the budgets in... Was it in car- this is for, for, for anyone who knows Zorba. Um, we um, asked him for some ideas of finances. What, uh, what levels was he... This is in junior I think 
that was no, that was cars. That was proper cars. Um, yeah, so that was um, the sort of Ginetta Juniors Championship, British F4, um, and like the JCW minis. So the, the, the quite quick, like bespoke race car mini series um, that we've seen alongside the British touring car the last couple of years as the main sort of front wheel drive support race. Yeah. Um, with kind of what took over from like the, the Clio Cup as we probably all remember the Clio Cup back in the day as that being the main feeder series of the British Touring Car it's now the JCW Minis um, and the budgets in those are astronomical but I mean even in karting it's not uncommon to be spending 20 or 30 grand a year um, you know in a driver karting is that just on the national um, circuit, not even considering the, uh, you know, the European circuit? No, yeah, that would basically that would be doing say British champs. So um, the British Championship, there's not a a race every week, but because it goes obviously all over the country, what you'll tend to do, speaking from sort of experience of talking to team owners and and drivers, say for example, the next round at. Um, of the British Championship is at Wilton Mill, just for argument's sake. Um, you'll go and do, the month before, you'll go and do the club round at Wilton. So you get to know the circuit a bit better. You kind of know where scrutineering is and how the paddock works and all of that sort of stuff. So you don't get caught out with an almost like a practice race meeting. Um, so you don't get caught out with anything on the weekend. Um, but because of that, and because of when... The British, the calendar for British will, will fall. Basically, drivers end up racing four weekends a month. Like they are out every weekend racing. Um, and that will be quite often, at least Saturday, Sunday. For certain events, it could even be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I know for British, they have all of their practice sessions on the Thursday. Wow. So it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Very full on. Um, Alex, Alex, obviously, you've uh, you're the only one of us three who've actually properly tested a uh, a Formula Four car. Yes. So tell us about that experience. So yeah, it's one of the best experiences I've had. But I I remember because. Um, it depends which one, because I tested the BRDC F4 car when it first came out, and slashed the British F4 as well. And it depends. I know they're called different terms now, with what they're called the GB3 and still British F4, but basically, when I was before Mazda, I was racing in the Formula V, and I was able... I was chatting to a friend of mine at the time who who's called Max Robinson, who raced in, if you guys remember the old, the, uh, the Formula Renaults. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm. so have you driven he one was, I have driven one of those, yeah. They're pretty sick cars. And I think you can still have a go at one of them on like a, one of those experience days of like drift limits and stuff like that now. Yeah, that's where I drove it. <laughs> that was brilliant fun. That is by far and away the fastest thing I've ever driven. It was phenomenal. Um, and yeah, it gives you a whole new respect for the guys that race these single seaters, of how quick they really are. Yeah, considering this is a, a quote-unquote a slow car as well by racing standards. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I was talking to Max and... Um, I was quite lucky in a sense because he was just joining and Gary Ward, who is is illustrious with British F4 right now, and he manages a few young stars as well right now. But he was managing the Fortec team um, only just two years ago. But mm. when Fortec, for anyone who doesn't know, um, basically if they if you're not in Carlin. The next best place is probably Vortec in terms of yeah. if you want to get on to get onto the ladder. Um Yeah, it's definitely in this country. Definitely. 
And anyway, um, I didn't know Gary for long, but in, I think, yeah, it was 2016, and Max said to me, he's got two cars and he's looking to get another driver. And he's like, it'd be good if you could, uh, if you wanted a test. And I was like, definitely talk to Max and then talk to Gary and manage to get a test for a reasonable price compared to, I don't know if you know, know how much a test is now in British F4. It's ridiculous. Um, and yeah, from, as soon as I talked to Gary, we went for the seat fit and then managed to have a go at Silverstone. And what's funny now is I race with a guy called Richard Amos, who still owns that British F4 car right now. The same chassis? <laughs> same chassis, yes. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. But yeah, it was a very good experience in that car. <clears throat> mm. I suppose, yeah, going from a Formula V, which is essentially a VW Beetle, old-school VW Beetle engine with some scaffolding around it, um, I imagine it's definitely a step up when you get into the, what you, what you might call the, uh, to be honest, in national ranks, it's one of the faster cars, I imagine, the F4s and the GB3s. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought this was going to be much quicker, really, um, on a national level, certainly. Um than those i mean they are quick we've i've seen them at brands and uh and silverstone when they're supporting the british touring cars and those f4 cars especially nowadays they are really really quick and they're full proper carbon tub halo adorned racing cars they are the the proper the yeah the real deal really um so yeah, um, they now use um, a 1.6 Ford Eco uh, EcoBoost engine, um, but I think from next year, maybe it's an R bath. I could be wrong though. Most F4 cars um, have R bath, certainly in the Italian yeah, series and European stuff. So that's not a surprise. No, and I think it's basically to try and keep that as consistent as potentially as possible, basically. But um, that is one of the uh, the series that um, Zorba was able to give us some information about and, and realistically, again, it's de very dependent on the team. As we said, a team like Fortec or Carling is going to be a much, much bigger budget than one of the smaller teams, but uh, you're still looking at potentially £350,000 for a season. Incredible. Which is insane amounts of money. Um just for one year and that's sort of that's assuming you've got all of your bits and pieces like uh your race suit and your helmet and your license and everything already um i don't think there's age restrictions in f4 but generally speaking it is the youngsters isn't it um i think yeah. you can race these cars from the age of 15 i could be wrong with that though um you yeah just um you can even go test him from even younger than 15. Really? But... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's... So it's normally... Like... No, go ahead, mate. Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's just... You need... that You can somehow... Some teams like Cardiff, Fortec, they can manage to get a junior license from you um, and source it out for the Motorsport UK with the parents. Um, you can go test him from like 14, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, so generally with Motorsport UK, um, things happen on the year of your whatever birthday. So, for example, <laughs> if you're not 15 until the December, you could race in that series from the January when you're 14. Um, oh, that's the same so, as horse, horse racing then? Yeah, well, well I yeah. don't know about that. No, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yep, no, all, all horses have their birthday, quote-unquote, on the 1st of January. Right, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, basically you're... Your um, competition license will be valid for that season. So, like, I have drivers that will be, for example, moving up into senior karting this year. That technically they don't turn sixteen till maybe the summer, but there it's the year of their sixteenth birthday, so they can go and race in the senior category. That's a, um, a bit of an odd way to do it because obviously when you get to pro I say proper the bigger 
tiers if you are successful in British Air 4 or whatever um, they actually have a, a strict age limit eventually rather than a, a year of your birth yeah I mean I think that is mostly speed based uh, for the cars as much as anything um, we have now in Formula 1 we have the Max Verstappen rule don't we that you have to be 18 mm. to race in Formula 1 and that makes sense let's face it um, but uh, I think below that it is a lot more based on uh, which license you've got as much as anything. Um, uh, and also probably what you've been doing as well, realistically, because drivers, certainly drivers at the top of like national karting will be quite well known to teams in F4 and bits and pieces like that, because they probably, there's a good chance they're testing with them already. Um, or they would quite like those drivers to be testing with them. Um, so they'll be keeping an eye on that, and, and that can help reduce the cost if they want you to race it, but it's still expensive. Um, That's something I want to talk to Alex about, actually. Um, obviously, in the, the national scene, um, you do have multiple series that run as a one big circus, essentially. Uh, I know when you're with the 750 Motor Club, they obviously had the Formula Vs at some rounds. They had, well, me and Sam, we went there to Donington a few years ago. Um and they had sort of like baby prototype Le Mans cars. They had the Formula Jedi's. Uh, they had sort of GT, sort of GT three, GT four cars going around there. Um, it's, I think, in some ways, the national scene is actually could be a bit of a, an eye opener to some drivers who might have previously had their you know blinkered eyes on Formula One or you know top 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 tier stuff, but they can look around and see there are other options if you either run out of budget or talent <laughs> um there are or, yeah there, there are options in terms of the differences so alex what is the uh how intermingled are the the different paddocks when it comes to something like the 750 motor club so it's a bit weird really because i'm it's no disrespect to any clubs or whatever but if you want to take it seriously, in like single seaters, for example, you have to start with British F4. But in all honesty, if you start instead in Formula V, Formula Ford, or even the F1000s, as the Jedi is called now, it gives you a better understanding of mechanical grip before you get into Formula 4. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So have, you can... Um, you can actually be a better driver if you actually start in those type of ones in the single-seater ladder. But, I mean, amongst the single-seaters with the 750, because they only realistically have the F1000s, the Vs, and historic 750s at the moment. And if you wanted to progress into... Formula 4, let's say, after that. As, as you know, the budget is just ridiculous just, just, just to try and find that. And I don't think, from a British F4 point of view, they'll they'll think, let's say if you want the championship, for example, it gives you a better stead for F4. But then when you're looking from 750 to the BRC in a way, they do run differently, and because um, the 750, unfortunately, is more based towards around the more friendly. It is a friendly paddock. Don't get me wrong. It's more of a more of a hobby in a sense of if you under get understand that because a lot of the drivers in the 750 won't progress off the ladder. They're just doing it for fun. Mm-hmm. So pro, yeah. pro, amateurs and pro amateurs solving. Sort of mm, definitely. They are clubmen, quite yes. literally clubmen. Yeah, they are. They're there for there are... the thrill of racing rather than to win a world championship, for example. Definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some very talented drivers out there in the 750. It's just, hmm. it's just a lack of budget. Yeah. Which doesn't yeah. help. Because, which I found, even though I didn't do a full year this year in the Mazda, we probably spent just less than 20,000 and that was only on five weekends and a test day. And if mm. I'd done 
the full year, which is eight weekends, we would look over 20,000. So, yes, that's, that's about four grand per weekend, roughly. Yeah, about, yeah, because <sighs> it depends yeah. on what you do as well. Because, I mean, they're all they all charge differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I suppose, yeah, the 750 Club, most club is more, well, like the name suggests, a club where, um, you know, the, where people do are there for the fun of it rather than necessarily the competitive edge. Um, BRSCC, and certainly the Tocker package, you do have a an, a, an ability to progress up. Although, well, I don't know, it's, it's, it's difficult now, isn't it? Because the PTCC isn't as, and touring cars aren't as intermingled and aren't as big as they used to be mm. um, unless you go into the TCR space but that's a very different animal compared to what things used to be you know, if you if you eventually got to the BTCC and did well there you had the obviously a lot more works backed machines in the day which could take you to the world touring cars or potentially even GT stuff but it's it's very interesting it's, 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 it's an area which a lot of people in motorsport don't necessarily think about you know those that are new to who like only watch formula one only watch maybe i don't know formula e maybe it's it's not something which people think of which i I think is it's actually in some ways it's actually more fun because you're not paying through the teeth <laughs> when, when you actually go there absolutely as, as I mean, we've i've been before to well as you know i've been to 750 with you sean yep. um I was up at Donington. I've been to uh, where were I've been to BRS CC a couple of times actually. Once at Silverstone and once at Brands Hatch, I think. Um, either because I knew people were racing that weekend that I know through work or whatever it was, or just because I wanted to see the cars. So one of them it was the the TCR UK championship which is run by the brscc which is obviously tcr uk if you do well in that you are eligible for the tcr world cup it's not a world championship anymore but it still has a world final that you can get invitations to if you do well in tcr uk and it's the same with british gt as well which is also run by the brscc um there's factory drivers in that series that it's a it's a prestigious race um, it's not quite the GT World Challenge, but it's about as close as you're going to get. Um, potentially in Europe, I don't know how much Europe-wide GT racing there is outside of GT World Challenge, but certainly British GT is a very, very strong grid, and they get some very interesting racing and a good variety of cars. Um, they're, good, they're, they're, yeah, G, they're stock GT3 cars, aren't they, in British GT? Yeah, GT, just standard GT3 cars, um, and there's GT4s in the Endurance as well. Uh, I think they have their own series, actually, for the um, the GT4s, because they have Sprint Cup and they have the Endurance series as well for British GT. Um, but uh, a bit like they have the GT World Challenge, it's, it's very similar. Um, but... Uh, yeah, and then obviously you've got the Toker package that goes with the British Touring Cars with the headline of British Touring Cars, but there's a lot of um, the other series as well. Um, I mean, you've got the, not only that, but things like the minis um, we talked about before, the support series. Um, British F4 runs on the Toker package. Um, and there's more TV time with Toker, which is a draw to a certain amount of drivers, because if you can well, get yourself on the TV, you're going to get that's, more sponsors. Oh. That's debatable, Sam. Surely, because I think well, BRSCC have YouTube, don't they? Yeah, they but it's but it's still not telly. No, it's but... not as easy. It's is it, well, it, realistically, it is just as easy to watch. Let's face it. But you're not on the the, the actual TV. Um, yeah, but you know the so... BTC, BTCC weekend, they don't put it on the iPlayer or whatever the ITV equivalent is. So it's it's, it's rubbish. No, no, that's true. You do have to watch it live, especially yeah. the support races. But um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 all good really. Um, and that Toka package is pretty good. It's expensive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, as we said, the minis um, 
you're still looking at potentially 200,000 for a season in JCW win minis. Um, and I know, for example, um, friend of mine, uh, Leo Paniotto, who is Chris's nephew, he raced in it uh, a couple of years ago now. And, and even without crash damage, he's still having to pay for repairs at places like Brands Hatch because through the dip out of Paddock Hill, it scrapes the nose <laughs> and ruins and damages the splitter. So just by going on the circuit, you're going to have repairs. That's right. To you, pay you, for. you just go and nick one out of the car park, can't you? Um, no, no, you can't. Funnily enough, uh. they're slightly different. Those those carbon splittered. Uh, race okay, cars. are they? They're not, not road eagle. No, uh. unfortunately not. So you have to nick one off a BMW instead of a Mini. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, but um, no, they, it's um. A, a lot of money let's face it it's a lot of money mm-hmm. um any car racing is going to be more ex- well i say any car racing is going to be more expensive than casting it depends what level you're racing well, at let's face it for formula we're saying the, about the, the lemons they're, they're not that, ex- that expensive uh well the 24 out of lemons yeah um, so as long as you don't run the car off that's isn't that 500 pound limit for the car? I, I think so um, but uh, yeah, that is rather a, an outlier. It, it is a bit. Let's face it. Um, Alex, how much um, might a, a, a front-running Mazda be paying roughly per season for all their, um, you know, expenses and personnel, and that sort of stuff? Um, it depends. I mean, I was trying to ask a few of the guys with that because. Um, I'm, have you there's a team called Hills Motorsport and um, Aiden won the championship this year um, and I tried asking him and he did give me kind he did kind of put it down a bit mm-hmm. but realistically you probably it depends if you want to do any testing through the year as well mm. and I'd say if you expect to have no crash damage and considering the co- another thing is the BRSE membership is a lot more than, than the 750 membership mm. and it's when you all top that up together you're with the testing and that I'd definitely say the front runners are close to even 30 grand Potentially. That's not that's not awful. Um, For racing, it's not terrible, is it? It's a it's a fairly accessible series with regards to that, isn't it? Um which suppose, is what you need, let's face it. Yeah, but equally everyone knows the hazards of racing. You can easily double that if you have a couple of big crashes. Oh, oh absolutely. And and I mean if <laughs> what we were saying where uh if you manage to get no crash damage. That is a big if, let's face it, um, because things happen. It is racing. You're going to be cl- in a series like the MX-5s where mm-hmm. all the cars are mechanically the same. It makes for close racing, which is brilliant fun and great to watch. But when you're racing close, you're bound to have knocks and bangs and bits and pieces, aren't you? Let's face it. If you did um, write off a car, Alex, how much do one of the Mazdas cost? To buy the just the uh, the chassis or what or the car or how, how, whatever you you buy as a package. Well, um, you'd buy the car of um, when you buy it. I mean, the Mazdas are lucky in the sense of even if you have a little bit of damage here and there, when mm-hmm. you um, fix it and that, you can buy one as cheap as ten, eleven grand or something like that. Okay. It depends. I know one racer who I raced against this year, who actually raced in DTM years ago. He's called Adam Blair. And um, he's trying to sell his other car at the moment. He's trying to sell it for like nine and a half grand or something like that. That's not bad at all. Really not bad, is it? I mean, that's definitely a good way of getting into the the series, if nothing else. So Um, so, so when I'm with my premium bond, Sam, and uh, get myself a SSR, Stealth Automotive Race Team, and get Al and yourself as a in the, in the driver's seat. We need to yeah yeah we need to sort this out. 
And, well, uh, I've got my I've got my license now. It's not an arts license, but it's a it's a license nonetheless. Um, and, and Al will be able to revise for weeks. He'll be so happy for for all, all, for all all his testing and his yeah uh, his documentation. Exactly. Can you imagine Al trying to get through a test? He'd love um, it. <laughs> absolutely love it. Especially if I end up having to do his test, that'd be even better. Um, um, but no, I mean, in, in the first instance your application is really not that that bad really um i mean you get started guide on uh, on msuk's website that's kind of where you need to go from realistically um they each have a pack the pack is about 60 quid and that includes all your application form any information you're going to need there's sort of coaching points and um stuff that you're going to need to pass your theory test with. Um, and that's fairly standard across the board. I think cars, like circuit racing for cars, is slightly more than rallying, which is slightly more than karting. But generally, it's all around the same. I don't know if you can remember how much your pack was, Alex. I know it was a, would have been a few years ago for yourself now. Um, I think it's been around like 40 quid or something like that. Yeah, so really, really not too bad. Um, but, uh, but there is, there is ways to do it and it's, it's not, it's, there's never going to, it's not going to be prohibitively expensive. Let's face it. Like to start off, if nothing else, um, it's doable. It's not say that. Sorry, go on, Alex. I was just going to say, you say that, but the, they recently for the last year, the prices for the licenses have gone up ever so slightly. They have gone up. No, you're right. They have gone up, but um, I bet everything's gone up. Let's face it; mm. it's all expensive, um, and we we get through it, and we do what we can. We do what we need to, um, but uh, yeah, everyone, you have to start somewhere. It sort of reminds me of the old uh, Top Gear episodes when he reviews a, a green Ford Fiesta. And there was one question where, where it was like, can I afford it? And he's going, well, it costs 9,000 and whatever, whatever number of pounds. So if you have that, yes, you can afford it. But if you've got 20p, no, no, you can't afford it. So it's pretty oh, much exactly the same thing, that. really. Exactly that. But even then, even then, if you can't afford to get your own car or your own carton and go and race it or you don't have the time or the, or anywhere to store it and that's something that's a big thing as well for sort of a lot of the customers that i speak to they they don't have mechanical experience they don't have a garage or a trailer or a van or anywhere to store their, well, their I was gonna say, so if you had a race car it'd be, it'd be awful trying to park around yours exactly yeah i'd have to keep mine at work let's face it which it wouldn't necessarily be a terrible thing but it's not as easy um and i mean it it just it's difficult isn't it it's just tricky um but even then you can do a higher cart series so something like what we have at rye we have the center and the lotus cup for adults i've got about 15 for juniors um and then there's club 100 as well um which is a bit quicker basically higher cart racing a lot of my drivers do club 100 as well um i don't think there's any sort of full arrive and drive car racing to, to say that would be particularly cheap like you just need to turn up because it is a more expensive thing to run obviously but um but there's even things like the british indoor kart championship now which a friend of mine actually won this year david harvey um so well done to him um but uh but again that's just run through team sport indoor karting um and that <laughs> has its downsides as well um having known a few people who have entered it um but um but generally it's it's again it's a good way of moving into an actual competitive setting for racing rather than just coming and having a go, um, which is absolutely fine. It's a really good way of getting into it. You've got to try it to find out if you like it or not. But, um, yeah, you've just got to crack on, find out what you can afford and start there, really. 
I've been looking through a couple of the links that you uh, posted before the this this episode, Sam. Yeah. Um, I've gone to the uh, race cars direct uh, LMP2 posting. Yes. I've, I've looked through it. So Alex mentioned, you know, roughly maybe thirty grand for a, a good running Mazda. Um, but for you know, for one one full test day in the LMP2 car, that's thirty five grand. So it shows how uh, <laughs> logarithmic yeah. the uh, and what good value for money you're getting at the. The, the, the national end of the scale. Exactly. So what? So what I we're mean, saying is that everyone, everyone who's a bit who might be a bit rubbish in uh, ELMS or European series, they should all come to the UK and buy race cars and. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, equally, the, even that is that's for ELMS. Like that is actually quite a high level of racing. Well, it's the second tier. That an amateur can do. Yeah, really. It is technically, it's one of the feeders to the World Endurance Championship. Let's face it. Um, and it and it's a P2 car, which is the quickest you can run in that race as well. There's no hypercars at that level. Good. Um, but um, yeah, the season there, they're saying a complete budget of 975,000 euros all in. So, oh, I've read that wrong. I was reading that in super dyslexic mode and then not understanding why... It was there. I was reading, you were reading nine hundred and seventy-five euros. Yeah, and then not really understanding what they're on about. <laughs> yeah, but you need a no, million, basically a million pounds. Yeah, for a, a season in LMP two. Um, but I mean, that isn't dissimilar to like FIA F three. Is that kind of price? You mean um, GP three? Well, what GP three? Whatever you <laughs> want to call it, Sean. But it's properly it's actually his official name is fia formula three don't care it's um, not a formula three car <laughs> um why do you think i clarify as fia f3 then, why Sean, I... as opposed to formula three yeah why, why do you think i, I, I always argue <laughs> yeah f2 you're looking even more than that let's face it um oh you pay millions millions and millions and that's just to get on the grid really as let alone being with a team like Prema or Carlin that you could actually win with, um, even though the cars are all the same, you still need that mechanical uh, backing just to get you up to the sharp end. Um, the thing with sports cars that I think is probably makes it a little bit easier is um, the driver classifications of your, your silver, your bronze drivers. There's still somewhere you can learn your craft at a very fast high-ish level but without some of the pressure of being against golds and platinums um and a platinum driver i think you might know more than me with that one sean i think a platinum technically is anyone who's raced in f1 isn't it more or less um, um i think you know anyone who's at the elite levels you know indycar formula one right. um Could you be know a I'm, I'm pretty sure scott dixon's a platinum I would have thought so. Probably anyone eligible for a super license is a yeah. platinum, probably the way to think of it. Um, but then, if you're really good, I think if you're really, really good, but not platinum, then you end up being a gold. Yeah, um, which or, is just good, really. Um, weird little point with the classifications, though, that does skew it slightly. Um, it's the age category, isn't it? Have you heard about that one? Where if you're if you're over sixty. Uh, you're automatically a bronze, irrespective of what you've done before that. Yeah, so Mika um, Hakkinen's one. Yeah, so Mika Hakkinen, two times Formula One world champion, bronze, Prost, bronze. Um, well, actually, good one. Uh, hang on, Hakkinen's only fifty-five. He's a young lad. Oh, okay. So yeah, Alan Prost, he's got to be over sixty, hasn't he? Would have yeah. thought. Um, yeah, bronze, bronze-rated driver, four times world champion. Um, <laughs> would be quite a cool. Uh, to see him in in a, in a uh, GT3 LM car, maybe um, doing the World Endurance Championship, that'd be quite cool as a as the gentleman driver, the bronze. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's some very good bronzes on there out there as well, isn't there? As we've mentioned before, just generally good in their own right that could be racing at a higher level and probably should be ranked higher. Um, we're kind of getting a bit sidetracked at the minute. That's a whole different discussion, isn't it? Yes, we'll discuss but, that. Um, we'll discuss that probably in our end of year show when we discuss um, one per, one particular driver of the year nomination. Yes, uh, but uh, anyway, yes. Let's go back to the not not the millions and millions. <laughs> yeah. 
the well, base level. Well, nice I don't know. I, don't know. I suppose if you write off a GT3 car, a British GT, every single weekend, you might get to the millions. Well, I would have thought probably they've got to be nearly a million to buy as well, haven't they? A GT3 car, I would have thought. Alex, any ideas? Um, trying to think. I'm just having a look now with the fantastic racecarsdirect.com, one of my favourite websites ever. <laughs> um, right, so a McLaren 720S GT3, 290,000 plus VAT. Oh, I'll have two. Yeah. Um, a GT4 you can get for under 100 grand, depending on the car. Um, I was going to say, so a GT4 race car is probably cheaper than some some of the road car variants. Essentially, I mean, With the there's one here, AMG, it's a Mercedes AMG GC4, 140,000. There's another AMG there, 175,000. It's weird with race cars, though, because there's always a certain amount of provenance, if it's not brand new, of mm -hmm. if it has History. won a big race or it's won a championship, the price just goes up inexplicably. Um, so it will vary a little bit. Um and obviously, some of these are just POA, if they don't like to list a price, just in case. Um, oh, actually, oh, there's a there's a Mazda, um, yeah, Miata Trophy. I don't know if that's the same championship as you racing, Alex. I think it was just the Super Cup, isn't it? Um, so exactly the same, but it's just uh, different tires. Oh, okay. Is that it? That, yeah, this one's much. listed as a POA, basically, but. Uh, we could probably say it's very soon. It's a Mark 3.5, it's the same shape as yours as well. The only thing is, like, they run on Toyo tyres. And because um, even in ours, we discovered, I'm pretty sure you saw the news about Avon stopping all their tyres, pretty much. Mm, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. And so there was a tyre debacle about what are we going to go on for next year? And then we only just discovered towards the middle of November we're going to be going on to Kumos for next year. Hmm. So that's going to be interesting. Was there any reason Avon gave? Or was it just... Because uh, they're owned by Hancock, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. They didn't really, but I think it's down to the fact that because when we go racing with Mazda... They um they bring a truck for every round, so mm -hmm. we can get tires whenever we need to on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And then um another thing is I don't really want to recollect Snetterton because that was one of the worst things with Avon and the scrutineers and everything, but because within the Mazda they only permit you to a maximum of 12 sets of tyres, sorry, 12 tyres in total for the year. And um, Snet was just one of the most annoying things with the scrutineers when I had to renominate every single tyre at the end of the day. Wow. <laughs> I think I found out why. So Avon tyres are not owned by Hankook, so my apologies to Hankook. Uh, they're owned by Cooper Tires, who are now owned by Goodyear. So, uh, so, right. so Goodyear. As much as I like Goodyear, they are rather ruining the uh, the tires at the minute, since they haven't got Dunlop anywhere. But uh, that's no, I was going to say, but quite story. a lot. The Dunlop, yeah, there's um, Dunlop still did karting tires, but uh, they, uh, yeah, all of the Cadet tires in the UK are Dunlop. Um, but, uh, yeah, beyond that, they're not really used that much. And even in Europe and stuff, they're not they're not raced on. I don't know if it's probably an American, maybe they're used in America more. But um, certainly in, in the UK, it's only the, the, the kids, really. It's only the cadets that run on that tyre. Everybody else, every other category uses a different one. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? And there's a lot of overheads and running that truck for the whole weekend. You've got to pay three or four guys to be on it as well and probably someone to drive it. Um, 
as well as take all that stock that you might need, but you might not, hmm. depending on what the weather does as well. Um, it's probably streamlining as much as anything, really, isn't it? When Goodyear are making tyres that race in other categories, why do they just need a subset that is the Avon when they could just rebrand it as Goodyear anyway? Yeah, um, they, probably, they could probably also just use the same technology or the same tyre. An existing tyre, yeah, yeah. They don't even necessarily have to make another tyre, do they? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a shame because Avon have <laughs> been around for quite a while. Mm. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's what it is, isn't it? It's one of those things. And you just buy whatever you need. If you are changing your tyres for next year, then you just change the tyre and you buy a different different car or different yeah. set of tyres even. You should get some um, Nankangs. That's what well, I, that's, I had... That's I ran Nankangs on my... Uh, on my Nissan, and that they were fine. They were all right. Yeah, I've I've just got them for my Celica. They're great. There you go then. <laughs> <laughs> That's our consumer knowledge advice for the <laughs> Everyone just buy some Nankangs. Although you might not um, be, you might not be, um, you might fail scrutineering. Well, yes, you will fail scrutineering if you buy Nankangs. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how far, Alex, are is your Mazda from road legal? So it's, I think it's not that far off because I mean, they keep a lot of things standard in there. Like you still have the original engine, you still have the original gearbox, and then the only differences really are, I mean, I don't know many teams who do it, but you can either have a racing clutch or a normal clutch. But the majority of people I know go on to stay with the normal clutch. And then it's just stripping every seat out, putting in a proper race seat. And um, you take off the roof as well so you can fit the roll cage in. And there's some Mazdas, particularly in Endurance, where they just um, put the roof back on. <laughs> Is that just to, I don't know, is that for efficiency or is that just stop it being wet if it rains? Probably just drive a comfort as much as anything on an endurance, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Then really the only difference in terms of bodywork would be the fact that you've obviously got no no headlights on the car. So you would just need to refit those and kind of away you go, really. Yeah. And then put some Nankangs on it. So you can go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about the the different various, I suppose, British series that there are um, and clubs. We've spoken about some of the costs involved. Um, mm. I suppose the, the question is, yeah, is what, what do we see for the future of uh, the club level motorsports? Now, obviously, we've got to. The brilliant side, of, which is the uh, electrification scene, and we've got, mm. uh, you know, these, these cars will eventually start getting older, and uh, yeah, parts will be harder to come by, and that sort of thing. Um, where do we see something like the BRSEC or the Seven Fifty Most Club, or even Toco? Really, well, I suppose that's uh, that, that that's probably going to be more safe than the others. But uh, where do we see it in twenty, thirty, fifty years time? Um, it's difficult to say, really, isn't it? I mean, the BRSCC have unveiled an electric junior single seater, haven't they? Oh, I was hoping you um, hadn't, 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 hadn't read that. <laughs> no, yes, no, I, I saw they actually unveiled it. I think it was at the Formula Ford Festival, which I was watching the live stream for. Um, and I mean, this thing kind of looks a bit like an FE car in terms of its general shape, but kind of a, a smaller version. Um, and a more junior style version, so Formula, it's Formula got a foundation, I think it's called. Yeah, it is. It's what it's listed as on their website as well. Formula Foundation. Alex, are you, um, are you, look, are you is... looking at this one? So, I mean, it would be nice to buy one, but when I was at SNET, they actually tested one um, in the lunch break. I think it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it was actually quite nice to look at, and I remember when Autosport was on in 
January this year, I was talking to Max um, Maserati. Oh, I know Max. He's he's a nice bloke, isn't he? He is, yeah, nice guy. And uh, we got talking to just to see what the budget was going to be like, and um, he said, "If you're going to buy one, it's going to be as I think he said from seventy five thousand from memory. I think he said." Again, so that's, think... that's not as high as I'd have thought it would be. Because it was, it's not yeah. a full like carbon tub, though, is it? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through the pictures. It's 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 obviously got probably DNA from either a Formula Four car or something similar. It actually, the rear of the chassis looks fairly similar to what you might see on the Jedi's on the F one thousands. It's not dissimilar to that, is it? It's obviously just a big battery with an electric motor rather than a high revving noisy bike engine um i don't know if it's difficult to say what the rest of the chassis is whether it's going to be space frame or whether it's sort of a, a a driver cell and then this end is bolted on this subsection at the back which would again that would reduce the cost if that is like a subframe at the back but well um, if you look in there's a picture on the on the website where he looks into the driver's cockpit and you can see there's definitely space frame elements so okay. it's probably oh, throughout. Yeah. Would have thought it's going to be space frame then. So again, actually, that reduces that cost a bit, doesn't it? Because a carbon tub is always going to be more expensive, let's face it. Yeah, um, it, because it rains in this country, you will crash it, so there's no, no point. Yeah, exactly, especially a talky electric single-seater. Um, I don't know much about the specs of these in terms of their top speed. and um, oh, It actually says here about 160 horsepower. Um, top speed of 130 ish. So that's not bad, that's, really. That's for gen, a... gen one speed, isn't it? Formula e. Well, yeah, and I mean that's not dissimilar to something like F4, really. Um, not on a track. So, I mean, yeah, that's not. A, and, and really, let's face it, with with cars like this, the key thing I think will be how close the racing is. Hmm. And if you've got a grid of 30 that are separated by 20 seconds. Then it's still going to be a good race. It doesn't well, really so, matter well, how fast you're going. So, it? so long as it's 20 seconds in the race and not qualifying. Well, yeah, that's what I mean in the race. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see where it goes and if it even gets off the ground at all, because we've seen like the electric touring car side of things has just fallen flat. We've not really seen anything more than that. Have we? Yes, yeah, but the ETCR, ETCR that was just a stupid concept, though the way they decided was... to do it. Awful yes. idea. Um, so, I mean, yeah, well, good luck to them, really, and let's hope it sort of gets off the ground and actually does something. Um, so, what do you think? What do you think in terms of the the long term future of club racing? So, it's either going to be full electric, or there's a few club level races which I know, and one's called Matt Simonai, and he's created his own Mazda as well. He's probably going to go to the 750, but he's been talking to P. Ron Race Fuels, and they've created a full synthetic fuel, and they've used it for a few rounds now. And I think truly for historic racing in particular, and if you want to keep the internal combustion engine alive, I think synthetic fuel is the way to go at the moment. I would probably agree there. I, I, I beg fuel is probably our best bet. I beg that's the case. It just depends if it's yeah. too expensive or not. I think, well, the more it gets developed, the cost will eventually start to come down as yeah, well, but it, won't it? It um, depends whether, you know, the eco-wankers um, start, you know, jabbing on, going, oh, no, it's just the same thing. But, you know, the thing where they don't understand anything. Yeah. If, yeah. if, if they start bleating on about, you know, the, the, the environment and saying, oh, well, these noisy cars, you know, it's, 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 it's a, I really hope that people don't get conditioned too much to not understand what fun is. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I would I'd agree with you as well there, I have to say. Um, it is going to be a little while before it's widely used, I think, but racing is a good opportunity for it to be developed. Uh, it's a, there's Actually, I saw a quote, weirdly, I think it was from Rowan Atkinson, um, but uh, he was saying he ran his... Um, Ford Fairlane <laughs> on 
on synthetic fuel at the Goodwood Revival last year. Uh, and he said in pretty much every aspect, it was actually better than normal fuel because... Well, it makes more power, doesn't it? It's designed for it, yeah. It's designed to be run on that. Uh, well, it's designed for racing as much as anything. So it, it's, it runs cooler, um, which is obviously in a historic is a fairly big part of it as well, as much as anything, keeping the engine actually cool rather than just overheating all the time. Um, and also, yeah, it made more power. Um, so why wouldn't you? It makes sense, really, doesn't it? Um, from a racing point of view. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it just needs to be more widely available, I think, hmm. uh, and obviously less expensive because that's probably the main thing at the moment, isn't it? That if you mandated that, then it is going to put some people off because they won't be able to have normal, more normal fuel. Like I would assume most club series, the cars run on ninety-five or ninety-seven generally, um, just pump fuel which you can get literally at any petrol station, let's face it. So it's going to reduce that cost a little bit or increase that cost a little bit if you suddenly have to change what fuel you run in it. But but even, well, maybe not at the level we're looking at at the minute, but I think hydrogen potentially as well is another option, isn't it? And we know Toyota have been working a lot with that. Um, I think it'll be a very long time until we see that at club level in this country. I th- I, well, certainly at club level, I think you're probably right. But um, yeah, I don't know. Full electric, I don't know. Not sure. Really not sure. I think there's too many issues around full electric um, uh, in terms of the infrastructure, uh, circuits and things as well as much as anything. Um, well, I don't know. You know, you go to the cart tracks nowadays and they can have enough for 20, 30 electric co-carts. To do well, 10, true. 15 minute, 20, 20 minute sessions, you know, there's no reason really you can just scale that up a little bit to have the full size race cars. No, so, that's true. That is true. And then with the right format as well, it won't necessarily matter um, how long the charge is because it won't necessarily factor into that. Certainly in karting, there is a few categories now for like owner driver electric karting um, in Bambinos and Cadets. And, um, there's a, a category in the Bambinos called the Might Ease. Might Ease. Um, mm, let's see what they there. Yeah. Um, and they're not... They're about the same sort of speed as a, as a petrol Bambino, a Cobra Bambino. Um, so there's no real performance difference there. They are torquier. They accelerate quicker, but they they get to their top speed faster, basically. But then it's the same top speed. Um, Bambinos are at that top speed for most of the lap, so it doesn't matter too much. Um but their charge runs for about an hour, That's good. Um, which is not bad. And, and when you consider as well that really, in owner-driver karting, most of the races are no more than 10 minutes. Hmm. You probably would only use one charge over the course of a race day, realistically. Um, so that's, that's doable, obviously. That's not too bad. And it's, you're going to need big charging packs and everything in, in the race van and... The main problem we have found at the moment, speaking as obviously someone that does a bit of organisation of racing and works at the circuits, uh, we actually don't allow electric cars um, because our marshals are not trained to deal with electric drivetrains. Ah, so they can get shocked. Yeah, we also do not have lithium-ion fire extinguishers. So if someone was to come testing, for example, and have a problem with their electric car, we've got no way of putting that out, basically. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen that problem with road cars a little bit, not so much with racing, but occasionally. Um, just well, where the battery... That's it, that, really. What was it? The, what's the stupid rally version? Extreme-y. Yeah, Extreme-y. Yeah, There's got... been a few fires there. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, there was one as well. There was one at the, um, it's called the Six Nations Rallycross Championship as well, which I don't know why it's Six Nations. It's basically the British Championship. Um, they Wait, run. What, do, do Cornwall get, get their own car? I think so, yeah. Um, but that's essentially this new generation that we see in the World Rallycross of um, full electric 
rally cars, basically. Um, and they are mega, mega quick. But there's been a couple of battery fires this year. Um, and not even when the cars have been like crashed on a circuit, when it's like in the paddock, just it goes up. Hmm. Um, and actually, they had one of their race weekends cancelled entirely because they were trying to investigate why a car just randomly caught fire in the paddock. Um, hmm. So there's still little bits and pieces like that that I think certainly at a club level may be an issue. Um, so, so to summarise, basically, we just need to keep a petrol engines. Basically, yes. Yeah. And I think there is... I was just going to want to add, there's a real issue with the infrastructure, particularly with the MSV circuits now, mm. because I don't know if you know this, but at Donington, and I don't know if they're going to do it for the others, they now charge you for electric. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But also, as well, if you think about it in terms of, certainly when we've been to British Touring Car, for example, Sean, if you think... All of these car, all of these series will have kind of a different paddock area, mm -hmm. which aren't all necessarily in purpose-built buildings. Well, no, Donning uh, Brands is a perfect example. You got the yeah. main pit building where the BTCC cars were, but then you have to go literally to the other side of the track to where uh, the support paddock is yeah. on. Yeah, is it the only outside of Paddock Hill, isn't it? Um, yeah. But there's no, there must be electric hookups there, I would have thought. But potentially, you're running on a generator. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of defeats the point to a certain extent, and it's going to increase the cost, especially if you're like a team running two or three of these electric cars. You've got suddenly a lot of generator costs to cover. So we need lots of solar panels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that or, also. Or a liquid that you can burn, which makes yeah. me. Which, uh, yes, it's all, it'll be fine. Um, I mean, yeah. we, I'll say we've, 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 we've managed to go for an hour already. We've done, we've done well. Yeah, um, done well. Alex, shall we uh, come this back back to you again? Firstly, thank you for joining us um, on this one. It's been a very helpful insight. Um, tell us some more about uh, what made you want to go into YouTube and the uh, the podcasting space. So basically, um, I'd seen. A few drivers, particularly with doing more vlogs on YouTube, and I was like thinking amongst the lines, well, what if I do something like that? And then I thought, I've been thinking of a podcast for like the last two years, maybe at least. I was thinking, oh, if I want to do this, I need to buy the right software, I need to buy a decent camera, and stuff like that. I thought, because I was talking to one of my good mates recently and then he was just like what's stopping you from doing it i was like thinking there's not much really i was, I was like just thought, time, time and effort um, yeah so i just thought i might as well get myself started into it no good for you mate that's uh i mean obviously me, me and sam we were we basically did this from the offshoot of uh what dylan was doing back in university with sjb supercars we mm. basically took that wing I carried on with the, with the articles, and then thought, "Now nah, let's just do. That's just it's much easier to just talk about, it, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah. So we uh, went on from there. We what's four, five years now? Have we doing yeah, this? It's quite a while, actually. We've done quite a lot of these, um, and so some people still listen to us, which is just weird. Yeah, can't um, understand why, but they do. No, it must be my charm. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah. no other reason. <laughs> uh, but no, obviously, the YouTube space, Alex, is uh, it's very very. Interesting, because obviously uh, we we we're, we're too ugly to to do um, YouTube on here. Uh, Very much for radio, <laughs> um. but uh, no, it's just, it's just very interesting. So, so, what can we expect from uh, Alex Jones' YouTube channel in the near future? So, I do plan on bringing some guests on in the future, particularly around the V lot, the Mazda, and. I do potentially want to get talk to I I know a few marshals and I'd like to get their mm. thoughts on the racing as well. That'd be good. That'd be a good mm. insight into the the other side, the third side. You know, not not on track, not a spectator, but the intermediary. No, that'd be very exciting to watch. Definitely. No, very very good, mate. Well done. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of uh, Sam Green Race Engineering. We certainly 
giving people a a wide spectrum of, of top, talking points when it comes to the club level, giving them as a broader picture as we can. Yeah, um, absolutely. Basically, kids, save your pennies up, and you might be able to get get do, be a race car driver. Yeah, go and do some racing. It doesn't matter what level it's at. If you enjoy it, it's worth doing, let's face it. That's what we... The key thing is here, really, is what we're saying. If you want to go racing, go racing. Yeah. Or I just enjoy it. Yeah, or, or do what I do, and just make a podcast and just, just discuss it and Chat ar- about ar- it. argue whenever you disagree with people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, never. I've, I don't, no, I've never disagreed with anyone, of course. No, no. It's um, very uh, level-headed, this sort of thing, so... <laughs> So, absolutely wait for the awards ceremony this year anyway um <laughs> follow us at Selvio also um alex where can we find you um in a paddock anytime soon or um hopefully see you guys soon as well oh alex you need to you need to learn more youtube you need to learn your at sign yeah alex t yeah. Jo- oh, alex yeah, alex t jones race is what, what you're at you got so, 73 subscribers you're doing all right not bad than my we need to get you up to 100 at some point that's it Neat. yeah so yeah follow Alex Jones link will be in, uh, on the website post follow us if you want to don't know why um, and in the meantime we'll see you soon take care and goodbye goodbye bye